0: Welcome to the Living Hope Church audio podcast. Join us weekly as Pastor Jeff Myers shares from God's Word. If you'd like more information about Living Hope Church of Dixon, California, please visit our website at livinghopedixon.com.
1: Amen. Thank you, Corinne. So while the ushers come forward, let me... uh, uh, talk a little bit last week we had our um, I'm pastor Jeff by the way welcome um, well um, we had our annual membership meeting last week where we uh, discussed kind of our plans for the upcoming year and voted our, on our budget that sort of thing it's all uh, uh, good stuff but one of the things that we talked about was this year we're going to be a little bit more um, uh, actually quite a bit more intentional about looking for a permanent facility for living hope and um, yeah so uh Tremont, the, the, you know, the, the, has been great to us. I, I, I don't think of this as a school. I think, about this, I think of this place as church. Uh, Isla goes to school here, and, and so she just gets to come to church, you know, six days a week. And, um, and so, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's this great—the uh, it, the room has been great to us. The, the school district has been great to us, and uh, our, our rent through the school district is incredibly low. We've been so blessed that way. Uh, but we, we're starting to feel— um, a, a need and urge to, uh, kind of explore some possibilities. And we're not going to do anything stupid. We're not going to, you know, go into, uh, you know, crazy amounts of debt or anything like that. What we're, all we're doing is we're going to start exploring possibilities and see if maybe God has something different for us. And, and we're gonna, just going to trust him in this. Uh, we're not, we're going to do it in his timing. Uh, uh, but, but there, you know, there's a couple different reasons. One, um, the fact that you get to sit in this room and, and worship in the way that we got to worship in this environment that doesn't feel too much like a, a sweaty kids gym. It feels a little bit more like a church to us is, is because there is a group of faithful people that every single week set up and tear down. And would you recognize them this morning and just say thank you? Um, so, so they have been so faithful and we, we couldn't do, uh, I mean, we could, we could have church without, you know, all this stuff. Um, it's not that we need this stuff to have church, but it would look a whole lot different. It would feel a whole lot different. And, um, and so we just, I'm so thankful that they are willing to serve the way that they serve. There's, it is such a, um, a needed, necessary um, team. It's a meaningful team. We, we talk about all the time um, uh, in that group, you know, occasionally I get a chance to kind of encourage them to speak to them. And one of the things I've said several times is that You know, you look throughout the Old Testament, there is page after page after page after page after page, chapter upon chapter, dedicated to the preparation of worship. And almost nothing dedicated to the actual worship itself, other than uh, the book of Psalms, you know, that sort of thing. Those were all songs that they would sing in worship. But we don't get a lot of description of what worship actually looked like in the Old Testament. We get pages of all the work they did to prepare for worship for God. And, and that's why when, when I read that, one of the things I love about that is that I believe worship starts when they start pulling the chairs out. Worship starts when they start setting everything up and we're making the preparations that we're making so that we can come together and lift our voices up to God. And that team is so... If you're not serving in any way uh, uh, you know, at, at our church... Uh, that is a great place to jump in and, and start serving at. And uh, right now we've got a couple of weeks where we get to leave things set up during the school break. But, um, so so, so that, that, is, that is so good. That said, we've been up and down every week, setting, you know, tearing things down, setting things up every single week for about seven years in this location now. And, uh, and that's a long time. And, 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 we're starting to feel, you know, it's starting to wear on us. It's starting to wear on that team. And we want to keep everybody encouraged and feeling good about, you know, their church home and, and, and the work that they're doing and that sort of thing. Um, and so, uh, be in prayer for that team that they just stay energized and, and, and God would bless them and, and that sort of thing. So that said this week recently, uh, uh, the, uh, school board here in town, uh, decided that they wanted to decrease the class size of of classes and so which is which is a great thing they needed to do that and and so we're happy for them Um, uh, but that said you know we have a couple of dedicated classrooms out here that we that we have just got to keep things in for a few years now and um, and there's a strong possibility that might go away and we got to come up with a different um, you know, option. You know, go back to storing things in the truck or whatever, you know, we used to do. So uh, be in prayer about that. We don't want to wish anything bad on the school district. They need to use every classroom they, they, they can use and hire as many teachers as they can hire. That's a good thing for this community. So we're not praying bad things for the school district. We just want God to step in and show us what's next. And so uh, just be in prayer about that as, as we uh, take that. Now, for those of you who uh, have been so faithful over the years and, uh, and maybe even just recently in decisions that you've made to, to, uh, to not only serve at Living Hope, but to give at Living Hope. I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for, for the way that you step up and make ministry in this town possible, ministry across the world possible that we're able to do. Uh, that, that is huge. God blesses that faithfulness. For those of you that are on the fence about whether or not to give, um, I, I believe that all the resources that we need as a church... Uh, We don't have to get creative and have a bunch of bake sales or anything. I believe all the resources we need as a church are right here in this room, right here in this room. And so I would just say, step out on faith. The Bible itself in Malachi says, test me and see if I don't rain down blessings on you and, and, uh, and, and, you know, I'll open up the storehouse and I'll rebuke the devourer and I'll, you know, God is like, test me on this. One of the few places in the Bible where God actually says, put me to the test. You cannot outgive God, Amen. You cannot outgive God, and so with God's leading and God and the Holy Spirit working things that, that, that we don't even know He's working on, with uh, you continuing to serve and you continuing to be faithful in your not only in your serving but in your giving, uh, we believe that God's going to lead us to a home. And uh, and so one of the things I want you also be prayerful about is that we. One of the things I love most about our church. Is that we are this church uh, that um, has a real sense of that the church is not the building; it's the people. We are the church. We are. We don't go to church. We are just the church. Okay, church follows us around wherever we go, and and uh, and so we are the church. I don't ever want to see that change. And so you know we're not looking to you know start you know putting all our faith in a building. And we're you know I'm not you know the you know if we build it they will come guy. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, I believe that God has a headquarters for living hopers somewhere in this town that we haven't even thought about. And we've assembled, a, assembled starting to assemble a team of people who are going to start kind of uh, praying and exploring some options, thinking outside the box, because there aren't a whole lot of options here in Dixon for a, a, a space the size that we need. And so, uh, so we're going to try to think of some, you know, some things that, uh, again, just have God lead us in ways that that only he can. So just be prayerful, continue to be sacrificial. And, uh, and I believe God's going to lead us to a place that that we can call, um, um, home, you know, just, that'll just kind of have our fingerprint on it in some way and have God's fingerprint on it in in a big way. So uh, just be prayerful, but let's lift that up to God right now. Father, we love you. And, uh, God, we do not put our faith in bricks or wood. We do not put our faith in buildings uh, or money or anything else, God, we put our faith squarely on your shoulders. Uh, we believe that you are uh, capable, that you are not only mighty to save, you're mighty to lead, and, uh, and we want to follow you wherever it is you want us to go. And so, God, I pray, we, we, just, we just place our, ourselves, this congregation, into your hands this morning, and we ask that you would just lead us uh, to whatever place you would have us uh, to to, uh, to worship and to connect with you and to, you know, all, all those things that, uh, that a, a building potentially provides. God, help us. Give us uh, uh, creative ideas, out-of-the-box thinking type ideas. God, uh, just lead us in the direction that you want us to go. God, for those uh, who are faithfully giving and are, are prayerfully considering uh, giving uh, so that your kingdom work can continue, God, I pray that you would just continue to uh, challenge them and bless them and stretch them and uh, stretch us all, God. We, we, we just love you, and so we give ourselves to you. We are, you are our God, and we are your people, and uh, you alone are worthy of our praise. And so we uh, lift this up to you, and we just lean into you and trust you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so we are continuing on in our series that we started a few weeks ago called Superpowers. It's a, we're, for the summer, we're, we're doing kind of a family series. We've got all the kids in here with us and, and, uh, and doing this family series. And so uh, we're, we're focusing in on a different superpower each week. And one time, you know, we talked about uh, x-ray vision. And one time we talked about some other things. And so this week, we're, we're, we're talking about super strength, super strength. I love super strength, the ability to just do... Incredible, amazing feats of strength—that that is just awesome. And so, before we kind of dig into the word this morning, uh, I'm, we're gonna, we've got our guest with, with us today who's going to uh, who's got some super strength. Everybody, welcome Clay Erickson. Clay Erickson. All right. Here you go. Let me get this for you. All right. So, Clay, I've known Clay since he was eight years old, and he has not always looked like this. And and, and so uh, I'm really excited. Uh, uh, you know, we used to go to church with the Erickson's and uh, excited to have them with us here this morning. Uh, Clay's a good guy and, and I've enjoyed seeing him kind of grow up over the years. You're uh, 24 now, all right? Yep. Which is awesome. And uh, it makes me really old. And, um, and so uh, Clay is a competitive bodybuilder and um, it's just, I was said last service that if I was to have had my crystal ball and kind of looked into the future of, uh, you know, 16 years down the road, what, what Clay would probably look like from when I first met him. This is not the image that I would have come up with. And um, and so, so you haven't always been a big guy. Uh, you know, what were you like as a kid?
0: I was a very chubby little kid. Yeah? Yeah. Very yeah. chubby. I had horrible eating habits. I ate nothing but macaroni and cheese and pizza and French fries. That that's was awesome. It. That was it. That's, that's was awesome. Nothing that's what, else. I believe that's what yeah. we're going to eat in heaven, so I don't <laughs> see anything wrong with that. So... Um,
1: so that's good yeah that led to lots of (laughs) rules (laughs) yeah rules okay good so at some point um you know you uh you know some point along the way you 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 probably made a decision that you know i don't want to be that kid anymore i want to i want to do something different and and uh and and more than just kind of getting in shape you you at some point you had to make a decision i'm going to get into you know uber shape and and so (laughs) Uh, what, what was that decision for you? Kind of take us through what were you thinking when you, when you did, did that? I first started going to the gym just with my brother. And
0: we uh, you know were lifting weights and working out. And I ended up getting into powerlifting. And as a teenager, I competed. And I went to, I went to meets in Ohio and Iowa. And I liked competing because it kept me on track of every meet I did, I had to do better. Mm-hmm. Or else it wasn't a successful thing. So it kept, kept bookmarks for me. And so... I gained a lot of weight at that gym just to just to be big and just be strong, but it was a lot of bad weight. And mm-hmm. so when I started I wanted to trim up, I started working out with my brother again. I missed competing, I missed that, you know, progression. So I decided in my head that I was just going to do a bodybuilding show but keep it quiet and not tell anybody because I knew as soon as I told someone I had I had to do it. Mm-hmm. So I figured at the, you know, worst thing worst, I I would just be in shape. I wouldn't have to do the show. So halfway through dieting I realized that I had no clue what I was doing. I needed to get a coach. So I got a national level bodybuilder guy online to help me with my diet and my training and everything. That's when I had to tell people I was gonna do a show. So I did my first show back in 2011 which was the San Francisco.
1: Yeah. yeah. And How'd that go?
0: I got fourth in the novice light heavyweights. Very good. Awesome. Yep. And then a year later I did the San Jose as a heavyweight and I got first in the novice and then this past, just two, two or three weeks ago, I did the San Jose again. I got third in the novice and sixth in the open heavyweights. Nice.
1: Nice. Good job. So that's um, yeah, really good. So how long did you have to, you know, kind of intensively train before you could do anything competitive?
0: I had been lifting weights for a good year before I had even like a base to yeah. start with. And then yeah. the diets can last my last diet was a 20-week 20 20 week diet leading yeah. up to the show.
1: Yeah, so you're constantly kind of keeping yourself in shape, constantly yeah. conditioning. So what kind of, uh, you know, either life changes or disciplines have you had to kind of undertake, you know, to do this?
0: The biggest one was probably my diet. I went from, you know, not really watching what I was eating to, you know, I had to look at everything. I weigh every meal. Everything's weighed and measured mm. to where now if I eat anything off of my plan, it's it's a cheat meal, so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I weigh and measure all my meals, too. Um, I I weigh them after they're in my body. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) that's the way that works for me. Um, (laughs) No, that's good. Um, So so what's a typical training week like for you? Um, I go to the gym five days a week. Mm -hmm. Right now,
0: Get up every morning and do forty minutes of cardio. Yeah, horrible. And uh I've, that's about it. Is we, about an hour. Try to keep it around an hour in the gym.
1: Yeah. Yep. So you just the treadmill did all this to you. No. <laughs> it, it's,
0: it, it's scary how much food played into it. Really? It's sad how much yeah. food plays into it because I yeah. love food. But yeah. Nutella tastes really good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> all right, we're we're big fans of Nutella. We like that, <laughs> so that's good. I can I I like that. Diet, the all-Nutella diet plan, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, so, okay, so I'm sure just like, you know, anything in life, anything, anytime any of us start a new discipline, start anything that's worthwhile, uh, eventually at some point you kind of hit a point where you're, you're either discouraged or you're just like, why am I doing this? And you feel like giving up or you don't feel like being disciplined that day. Like, what, what helps you stay motivated?
0: Well, for the show, it's, you know, I have to be up there in a little bikini. Yeah, so <laughs> that's, that's nice. That's
1: always a good, you know,
0: reality check. But really, it's just—that's uh, what keeps me motivated yeah. too. By the <laughs> way, so. <laughs> so, yeah. But really, it's, I just have to remember that you know, one day is just one day. Yeah. And so it might be horrible for one day, but it's you know the you know compilation of days that really will make the difference.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. So, um. You know, in terms of, you know, the competition, because I'm sure, I was thinking about this actually between services, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Um, I'm sure there was, in, in that kind of field where it's so image orient, oriented, um, it would be easy to kind of, uh, you know, get into like heavy amounts of, I don't know, vanity or, or whatever else. But I mean, how does your faith play into this whole thing for you?
0: Just that it's not, you know, this is like an outfit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah. it's all decorations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and I love clothes. I shop probably more than a girl does. But, yeah. you know, so this is just kind of another thing to me. It's like, a, it's like a changing my outfit. It, yeah. But it's just an outfit. It's not, you know. Yeah. It's not what really matters. Yeah,
1: yeah. And how, how does that, like, when you don't do so well at a competition, how does that impact you?
0: Yeah, because, yeah. you know, you go there and you've worked a whole year for one day for really six hours Mm. and you get up there and you get judged by you know all these just these little faceless guys down in the front row Mm -hmm. but you know you can go away from that knowing that really they can they're judging you on how you look but they're not judging your actual worth Mm. that's good you don't get your worth from bodybuilding judges
1: that's true that's true that's a life verse right there that's good so um so okay so uh, you know if, if for anybody in the room that would want to start either something like this or any other um, kind of goal or dream that requires heavy amounts of discipline and, and uh, you know, w- what advice would you give to somebody wanting to start something brand new like that?
0: That having patience and consistency is probably the most important thing. Yeah. More than seeing results and more than, you know, getting recognized by other people, yeah. it's, it's the consistency. And the smartest thing I heard for, for eating healthy and diet and stuff was actually on an MTV show.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> MTV called, is a wealth yeah, of wisdom. It really is. <laughs> it's
0: called, called "I Used to Be Fat." Uh, <laughs> this trainer was talking to this kid, and it was the simplest thing. And they always like I, I heard that you know you can't tr- you don't truly understand something unless you can explain it simply. And he he told the kid that he needed to end his romance with food, Ooh. and that was so that like. Really stuck to me, yeah. Because it is every time, like you know, I'm, I don't feel good. I'm gonna eat some pizza. It'll yeah. make me feel better. Yeah. And it's just, it's a romance. I'm romancing food. I'm not thinking of it as fuel. Yeah. You know, I yeah. don't go to the gas station and think, you know, oh, I'm gonna put some premium in. Yeah. That's gonna be good. <laughs> <Right>. So <laughs> that really, that one really stuck with me. That you know, I had to end the romance with food. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's good. That's good. All right. So uh, Clay's gonna do some feats of strength for us. I believe we have. 405 pounds for you to lift this morning so so that's like me and a mat combined <laughs> um so that's good all right go ahead everybody give him like a uh a verbal drum roll there you go or a, yeah you can do that okay go ahead all right it sounds like rain doesn't really sound like a drum roll okay 405 pounds go ahead Oof. All right. Crack. Okay. Oof. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Clay. So good. So good. Okay. So I want to pray for Clay before he leaves this morning. Him and his mom have to cut out, and uh, I just want to lift lift him up in prayer and just pray that God would uh, just continue to uh, use what he's doing to bring glory to, to himself like everything else we do in life. And so let's, lift, let's all lift up Clay this morning. Father, I'm so thankful that you uh, brought Clay to us this morning and, and uh, allowed him to share with us. God, I pray that you would uh, just find and inspire in him brand new ways for him to use this passion that you've given him to bring you the most amount of glory he possibly can. And, uh, and so God, we just lift him up to you. And just ask that you would just take him and use him to the glory of your name and to the furtherance of your kingdom, and uh, we trust that you'll do great things through his life. Um, so proud of the man that he's grown up to be, and and so God, I pray that you would just uh, just bless him uh, in his life. We love him and we love you. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Clay. Appreciate it. All right, <laughs> that's good. So we are we, we are going to kind of dig into some scripture here and. And look at this whole concept of, of superpowers and super strength this morning. <clears throat> now, I've got my uh, Batman for President shirt on. I'm a big Batman guy. I love Batman. I'm a big Superman guy. I was uh, nerding out on my Batman Superman comics last night, catching up on them. And I, I just, I love, I love those two characters. Now, uh, they're two very different uh, characters if you're into comic books or superhero movies or anything or, uh, at all. Th- those are two very, very different characters. And a lot of people who love Batman will say something to the effect of, I, I love Batman because it's, it seems a little bit more real. It's, I mean, he's just like a normal guy. He doesn't have any special uh, uh, you know, powers or, or whatever. He can't really fly you know, by his own or he doesn't have heat vision or anything like that. He's just this normal guy, and, uh, and, but he's able to do... Uh, spectacular super type things, right? Whereas you look at Superman, it's almost like a cheat. He can do everything, right? He can melt things and freeze things and blow things away and jump over things and fly and crush things and lift things. I mean, he's just, he can just do everything. And so I actually um, think about it the exact opposite because I think in my mind anyway, and, and I know my mind can be a little twisted sometimes, but in my mind, I think Superman is the far more believable character, why? Because I can believe in a guy that has supernatural abilities and doing the things he does with supernatural abilities way more than I can be, believe in the, the normal guy doing the supernatural things that he's doing. To me, that seems like the, most far, the more far-fetched story. And, and I, one of the things I love about our faith in terms of our strength and our spiritual faith and things like that is this idea that God steps into our normal lives and gives us, at times, supernatural abilities. He gives us, for, for all intents and purposes, super strength. And so what we're going to talk about this morning is that super strength. And if you want to flip over in your Bibles, we don't have slides this morning. For some reason, they wouldn't load, so uh, you get to stare at this kid all morning long. And, um, but, but if you want to flip over in your Bible or use your version uh, Bible app on your mobile device... Uh, uh, you can go to Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to pick it up in Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, but this idea that, I, I don't know about all of you guys, but um, you know, I'm, I'm the pastor of this church, and I don't always feel spiritually strong. I don't. And, and, and we're living hopers, and, and we're honest. We're not trying to hide anything. So can I see a show of hands of anybody in the room that occasionally feels spiritually weak? Anybody? There you go. Yeah, pretty much everybody. And if your hand's not up, you're lying, Right? <laughs> And so, so every single one of us feel spiritually weak from time to time. None of us are kind of super Christians. We, 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 we just don't have that really in us. But what we have and we're going to read about is the power of God in us, which causes us to do supernatural things from time to time. And, and, and that's what I really want to focus in on this morning. So this is for all of you that occasionally feel weak or maybe constantly feel weak. And you see people around you, other Christians around you, who talk so much about the, the kind of miraculous things that God is doing in their life, or, or, or that they just seem to be walking in the power of God, they seem to experience more spiritual victory than spiritual defeat, and you're looking at your life, comparing it to their life, going, um, you know, what, what am I doing wrong? What is going on with this? Why do I experience so much, so much failure, so much uh, discouragement, so much sin, so much, just kind of feeling weak. What, what am I doing different? And this is for, this is for you guys this morning that that, that that tend to feel that way because the writer of Hebrews addresses that. Now, last week we, we started off reading in, in Hebrews chapter eleven a little bit, and the whole whole um, you know, well, first of all, the, the the first word of Hebrews chapter twelve is therefore, therefore, okay. So, and I was always taught whenever you come to there, therefore. You read what is before it, so you know why it was there for. Okay, and so, and so, if you look back at Hebrews chapter 11, uh, it's just this huge discourse on um, um, all these heroes of the faith. It just goes through kind of the hall of fame of faith, looking throughout you know the Bible of these mighty men and women of God. Who, who had incredible faith, and by faith, they were able to accomplish this, and by faith, they were able to do this, and on and, and on and on and on it goes. And so, uh, so after it goes through that whole discourse of all these heroes of the faith and these men and women who had strong, strong faith, then it says, therefore, <coughs> pardon me, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight And sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I want to stop right there for just a second. I want to hit this because I love this passage. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and what the writer of Hebrews is trying to uh, set up and describe for us in this moment is who here has ever been to a, a professional sporting event, a baseball game, a football game, a basketball game, and you're in that arena and the competitors are down on the field and you have thousands of people circling them on the, on the field of play, watching them perform, watching them compete and, 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 and rooting for them and cheering them on. And this is the image that the writer of Hebrews is trying to, to portray for us. He's saying, therefore, so, so he's, he's just talked about all these heroes of the faith. And then he says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a, a great cloud of witnesses, and he gives us this image that, that in, in, in heaven right now, in eternity right now, There are those that have gone on before, those heroes of the faith, even those people that we read of in the Bible, your Noah's and your Moses's and your King David's and on and on and on, all the way throughout Scripture. And and I like to even think of it more closely. My my grandparents that have gone on before, that I know they cheered me on when I, while they were here with me on planet Earth, and they're still cheering me on today that we are surrounded by all these saints that have gone on before, and they, they are watching us. On the spiritual field of play, they are rooting for us. They are cheering us on. They are hoping the best for us. I love that image, that even when I feel alone, and even when I feel discouraged, and even when I feel like a failure, I have got just scores and scores of the saints that have gone on before looking down at me right now, just cheering me on, saying, You can do this. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Never give up. It's worth it. We can tell you we're here, and we can tell you it's worth it. It's worth it, and I love that. I love that image. And he says, therefore, since you're surrounded by that, since you're surrounded by all these people that are cheering you on and want the best for you, he says, this: let us lay aside every weight. Let's lay aside all the sin which clings so closely to us, and let's run with endurance the race that is set before us. He's like, you know, you want to experience some some power, some strength in your life instead of some weakness, step one is this. You got to start shedding that sin. You got to you you leave that stuff behind that is, that is weighing you down, that is a burden to you. You got you to gotta let it go. You have to walk away from it. You have to walk away from it. Now, when we talk about <coughs> getting close to Jesus, we talk about it in terms of, you know, if you want to get close to Jesus, then stop sinning. Um, most of us know that's kind of easier said than done, right? It's easier said than done. That A lot of times our temptations can be so overwhelming that everyone in this room has, has, has a temptation, has a sin problem that is maybe even very private to you that, that maybe a lot of people don't even know about. That, that. It's that one that if you're not careful, if you don't keep your guard up, if you don't keep your disciplines up, it, it, it creeps back up and it starts kicking your tail again. And, and, and not all of our sin problems are the same. I struggle with something that you don't struggle with and you don't understand why I struggle with it and you struggle with things that I don't struggle with and I don't really understand why you struggle with that. It, 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 we're all kind of built differently. But this is what I know, you know, through being a, a Christian as long as I've been a Christian is that if your entire faith experience is built around constantly, well, self-improvement, if your entire faith is, experience is built around self-improvement, like if I just pray harder, if I just go to church more, if I serve more, if I give more, if I, if I, if I read my Bible more, if I get in touch with, you know, if I do these things more, then, then, then I'll be able to conquer my sin. Then I'll be able to, if, if your entire faith experience is kind of built on that, that understanding, this is what I know about you. You're not going to be a Christian very long. You're not gonna. You're not gonna make it. Well, Jeff, that's really discouraging. I'm just being honest with you. You're not gonna make it, because I've seen people time and time again that lean on their own strength to get themselves out of their problems. They, they, they worry so much about cleaning themselves up so that they can present themselves to God or so that God will love them or bless them more or kind of shine down on them more. Or, or they worry so much about what other Christians around them think about them. I don't want anybody to see the, the, the kind of, you know, the chinks in my armor. I don't want to see anybody to see how it is that I have been, um, you know... Um, the, the, the things I struggle with, and, and, and you struggle with things viciously. There are things in your heart that you just struggle with that, 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 are, that are ripping your guts out, that you, 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 just, you feel horrible about the way that you struggle with them. And then as soon as you get around, those people, those church friends, those, those whoever, you, you put on the smile, you put on the face, and people ask you, how's, how's everything going? And your answer is always, hey, everything's great. And secretly inside, you know everything is not great. Everything is not great. The truth is I am wearing myself out. I am so defeated and so discouraged because I am trying as hard as I can to be the Christian that God wants me to be and I can't do it. I'm failing time and time and time again. And if you're leaning on your own strength to self-improve, to get closer to God, you can't do it cuz honestly you're not strong enough you're not strong enough to bear the weight of your own sin you're not i wish that we were i do i wish that i could you know do you know three happy steps to get myself out of my problems all the time but i can't i can't and i have learned that there are There are demons in my life. There are issues in my life that continue to come back and haunt me, continue to come back and and rear up at me that I am personally alone, privately powerless against. And if I am depending on myself to get myself out of those problems, I will fail way more often than I succeed. But luckily, that's where Jesus comes in that's the gospel actually. By the way, in case you've never heard the gospel, welcome. That's the gospel. The gospel is you suck, but Christ is awesome. The gospel gospel is you can't do anything and Christ can do everything. And I hear people talk a lot of times about that, you know, well, faith or Christianity or whatever. That's just a crutch for weak people. And to that I say, hand me my crutch. Hand me my crutch. Am I weak? You better believe I'm weak. Am I a hypocrite? Occasionally. Welcome. Are we a perfect church? No. If you think this is a perfect church, you're wrong. You're sleeping or something. Now, we're a great church. In fact, I would say we're the best church in the world. I say that without any, I say that without any shame at all. And I'm not, this is not a competition. It's not a competition. I'm not comparing us to any other church. In the world, but we are the best church in the world. (laughs) Why do I believe that? Because I love this church. I love this church. And if you don't think this is the best church in the world, go find the best church in the world and go to church there because I think this is the best church in the world. And you need to be inviting if you think it's the best church in the world, you need to be inviting everybody you know to come to the best church in the world. And I believe this is it. Now, hopefully, those churches across town whom I love very much and pray for every day, hopefully they all think they go to the best church in the world too. And I would agree, for them, that's the best church in the world. For me, this is the best church in the world. And I'm going to tell as many people as I can about it, And because we serve all together, no matter what church you're at, we all serve the best and only Savior in the world. And, 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 and as we do that, and as we lean on His strength and not our own, then we're going to start stepping out of this position of weakness into a position of strength, into a position of strength but we can't do that on it. That's why he says what he says next. I kind of got ahead of myself. You ready? So he says, uh, you know, let's run with endurance the race that's set before us. Doing what? Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set... Oh, I, okay. I gotta have to, I'm going to have that in a second. Okay. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. When you are shedding that sin, when you're leaving that sin behind, when you are uh, when you're focused on, it's not because you are looking to the strength that's in you. It's because you're looking to Jesus, the founder and perfector, the author and perfector of our faith. He's the guy that started it all. He'll be the guy that ends it all. He is everything to us. He alone can save us. He alone is mighty to save. Amen? Amen. He alone. And so I, I don't care how holy I get. In fact, the history of mankind has pretty much been people trying to be holy and failing miserably because it seems like the holier we get on our own, the more jacked up we get, right? But when we step out of our own weakness into the strength of Jesus Christ, when we leave behind our own agendas and our own ambitions and our own dreams and step into Jesus' agenda for us and his dreams for us, And that's when good things start to happen. That's when it really starts getting beautiful. But Jesus had this horrible death that he had to die to make a way for us to do that. Horrible death. Death on a cross. He was beaten and hung up on a cross. And this is what this verse says about that. He's Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. He endured all of this, all of that pain, all of that torture, all of that death, all of that he endured so that you wouldn't have to be weak, so that you wouldn't have to lean in on yourself. Now, I love that phrase that says, um, where is it uh, despising the shame uh, no uh, uh, who for the joy that was that was set before him who the joy that was what was the joy that was set before now jesus Jesus is, is approaching the cross I mean he 's done three years of, of ministry you know and training up his disciples and that sort of thing it's getting getting time he 's about to be arrested. Jesus has a moment of prayer in a garden one night right before he gets arrested, and he is praying so hard, so intently that he began to sweat drops of blood. That's, that's some hardcore praying. And as, he, as, he, as he's praying to God, he's, and this is, this is the son of God. This is the only perfect uh, man, God, to have ever lived. This is Jesus, God in the flesh. And he's praying to God in this moment before he's getting, getting ready to be arrested. And what, one, he's praying for all of us. Go back and read it. It's awesome. He's praying for you in his darkest moment. And then he says this, Father, if there's any way to take this cup from me. In other words, he's saying, okay, God, it's coming. Father, I'm getting ready to be arrested. I'm getting ready to have to go through this horrible, painful experience. Horrible. Horrible. And he basically prays to God and says, if there's any other way for us to do this, now's a good time to let me know. If there's any other way that we could do this. Here's Jesus in a moment dreading what's getting ready to happen. And then this verse sheds some light on that moment. It says, who for the joy that was set before him endured that cross. What was that joy that was set before him? It was us. It was us. Jesus had us staring back at him between him between him and the cross he 's got the cross in his sights he knows what he 's getting ready to do, and yet something else comes to the forefront and it 's your face it 's my face it 's all of us and he looks at that and joy wells up in him so much that he 's like okay let 's do this let 's do this. There are some things in life you guys know what i 'm talking about, especially those of you guys that you know, maybe you've got, um, you know, kids or whatever, and, and, uh, or, or, or just whatever. You've experienced a deeper love in your life than you've, than you've ever experienced before. There are some things in your life that come along from time to time that are worth a great amount of pain. Totally worth it. Totally worth it. And this is Jesus looking at us, looking at the cross, going, okay, I can do this. We can do this. We were, we were his joy. We were his joy. And he calls us to go and come into this relationship with him where we continually develop this discipline of turning away from our, ourselves and turning towards him. From turning away from our sins and our weaknesses and that sort of thing and leaning into him and leaning into his strength. And If you shoot down a little further in that chapter, verse 11 says this. For at the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make, your path, make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. At the moment, That discipline to do the right thing, that discipline to lean into him instead of leaning into what we know, leaning into what's comfortable, that discipline of leaning into him, owning our our weaknesses and and, and leaning into his strength. At the moment, the discipline of daily doing that, it it seems difficult, it seems hard, but there's a payoff in the end. And that payoff is the strength that we get from doing that. Everything in your in your gut, everything in your mind tells you, you know. I'm not even sure if he. I don't even. am sure if he's real. I'm not even sure if he exists. I'm not. I, I don't know if I should lean that direction because I know this over here. I know what I'm capable of, and if I try a little bit harder, I could be capable of a little bit more. If I do, th- if I work things just right, then I can get through this situation. And Jesus says, own that weakness. Own it. It's okay give it to me, lean into me, and I will make you strong. That in your weakness, I'll make you strong. That's an incredible, incredible promise from God. Amen? That's an incredible promise from God, especially for a room full of weak people. That's an incredible promise from God. And what's so beautiful about that is... Again, I'm completely incapable of doing this on my own. Our church is completely incapable of doing the kinds of things that God has in store for our church. Can I be honest with you for just a second? I'm just going to get real with you for just a second. I've been real the whole time, but I'm going to get even more real, okay? <laughs> this is the truth, okay? Like, um, like um, I'm a decent preacher. Rob's a def- decent worship leader, uh we we got other decent people in in positions around here and you know it, if we put forth our best every day we can do some good things in this church i'm not going to lie to you we we can grow this church a little bit just on our own ability we could we could grow it just a little bit but we don't want it to grow a little bit we want it to be, become a god sized church now whether that's in numbers or in spiritual growth or whatever that is i, I don't care that's up to god But what we want to happen in this church, we don't want anybody to be able to point back to any of us and say, look what they did. We want it to be so big, so outlandish, so ridiculous that only God could be responsible for it. Guys, I want the exact same things for your lives individually, not just collectively as, as as a church, but individually in your own life. I want you to be praying those kind of prayers to God. God, do something in my life, in my everyday, mediocre, run-of-the-mill life. Do something in my life that is so big, that stretches me so hard that it can only point back to you. Because I know what I'm capable of. I'm capable of about this much, but God, you are infinitely capable. Infinitely, and we—that's the kind of God. I, that's the kind of God I want to serve. Amen. That's the kind of power I want to stand in. Amen. That's the kind of power we need to be standing in because I'm not the guy that thinks, you know, that, that this, this book is just a book of stories that, you know, that had a bunch of miraculous things happen, you know, thousands of years ago, but no more. Now it's just, you know, now it just teaches us how to love each other and whatever, whatever, whatever. whatever. Love's a big deal, love's a miracle too. But the power of God is active and alive. You know why I know that? Because I see it all around the world. And can I be honest with you? I'm jealous of it. I want that power here. And God wants his power here. And, I, and, I'm not, and I'm not saying I'm jealous of other churches. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm in this thing for real, this faith thing. I'm in this thing for real. I'm not playing around with this thing. and I'm trusting most of you aren't playing around with it either. And if I'm in it for real, if I'm giving my life up for it, if I'm totally submitted to Christ at every step of the way, as much as I possibly can be with his power of the Holy Spirit in my life, if that's who I am, then I want to see the power of God alive and real in my life. That's what I want to see. And that's what I want to see in you guys. I want to see celebrations of victory. I want to see you guys glorifying God in your defeat. I want to see whatever it takes that we are constantly pointing back to the God, the founder, the perfecter of our faith. The founder and perfecter of our faith. I want our strength to be made perfect in him. We're only capable of so much. But God is infinitely capable the statement, uh, it would be on the screen, but technology, Um, (laughs) is is just this. I want you to remember this. Godly discipline brings God-sized strength. Uh, Say it with me. Godly discipline brings God-sized strength. Say it again. Godly discipline brings God-sized strength. I want you to be a people. I want all of us to be a people who are disciplined to daily go to God and say, God, not me, but you. Not me, but you. God, would you take me and just use me and use me up? God, would you? I, whatever you need to do, whatever you need to do with me today, do it. Whatever you need to do in me today to make me more like you, do it. We're constantly giving God permission to make the changes in us that he needs to make. We're constantly giving God permission to lead us in directions and about choices that he needs to make. We're constantly daily disciplining ourselves to daily submit to him there's this great old prayer by a, a, a russian guy uh, first first name is nikos and uh, and it's kind of a poem and it just says this it says it says uh, god I'm, I'm a bow in your hands draw me lest i rot and then the next line says uh, but don't overdraw me lord lest i break and then the final line says overdraw me lord who cares if i break and so that's why I say when, I, when we go to God, pray that prayer, God, don't just use me, use me up. I want to be used up in your service, in giving my life daily to you, whatever that looks like, whatever that means. Now, for some of you, that's really scary. You're like, man, I just came here, I thought we were going to sing some songs and go home. For some of you, that's really scary. And, and, and the truth is, you can sing some songs and go home if that's what you want to do. But you know what? We won't be singing for very long. The songs are only going to take you so far. But The power of Jesus will help you persevere in your faith. The power of the Holy Spirit in your life will help you persevere for years and years and all the way to the end. Why? Because the author of that faith, the one who started it in you, is the only one who can perfect it, who can finish it in you. The one who started that work in you is the only one that can finish it. If you think you can finish it on your own, you're wrong. You're wrong. We got to lean into him. So own your weakness. Be comfortable in your weakness, knowing that I can't do it all. I can't do everything. In fact, there's not a whole lot I can do. And so, God, I'm going to give that weakness to you. I'm going to lean into you for your strength. I'm going to trust you to make me whole, to perfect this thing, to finish it in me. Let's pray. Father, I love you. I thank you so much for your word to us this morning. I thank you that you are a God who finishes what he starts. So, God, help us to trust in you. Help us to trust in you. God, help us to um lean into you when we feel weak. So God, for me right now, I I, I fully admit my my weaknesses, my failures, the sins that I struggle with, I, I give them to you. I have tried to do this on my own. I have tried to I've tried to be super Christian on my own it doesn't work Uh, and I fully admit um, no matter how weak or whatever it makes me look I fully admit that I need you I need you and so God your word promises me that um, that you are made strong in my weakness and I've got plenty of weakness to work with so blow me away be strong in me God, I I pray right now where everybody sits in this room, they pray the exact same prayer, God, that you would just be strong in them. God, that you would help them to shed those sins and those weights that that hold them back from serving you freely. God, that through you and only through you, through the work of your Holy Spirit in their life, they would be able to live a, a victorious life, not a life that's defined by defeat and sin, but a life that's defined by uh, completely giving you everything that they need to give you in order to follow you more closely. God, when we're tempted to try to clean ourselves up out of our own ability or to impress other people or whatever, God, would you convict us? Would you remind us uh, just how much we need you? God and as I give myself to you, as I as I as I trust you in my weakness, um, it doesn't make me feel weak. It makes me feel strong because I I take up your mantle of strength. So I, I love you. I love you, God. If there's anybody in the room today that that um, they're not sure if they even want to enter into a relationship with you, God, they're they're skeptical, they have doubts, they have fears, they're not sure that they could be good enough or that they have all the answers they need to make that decision. God, would your Holy Spirit just speak to them in the way that only your Holy Spirit can right now? God, would you just move in them in such a way that that they know that you love them and accept them just the way that they are? God, that you are not afraid uh, or mad at them because of their doubts or their fears, God, in fact, you embrace them, and um, those doubts and those fears are just a part of our journey, so God, I, I pray that you would give them the the will right now, the draw of your Holy Spirit right now to be able to step out on faith yeah. and simply believe you are who you say you are and that do what you say you can do. We all make that step of faith again this morning, God, and we trust you. God, we will be your people, and you will be our God, and you alone are worthy of our praise. We love you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, I want everybody to um, be back next week and bring lots of friends. It's going to be, next week, our superpower that we're dealing with is invincibility. And we have a team of people that are going to be here with us that are going to share something uh, that's going to be a lot of fun and really amazing with us. Uh, You really don't want to miss next week. And uh, and bring lots of friends. It's going to be great. Bring everybody you know. Um, That's all. Everybody have a great week. See you later.